Hello, hello. My name is Nathan, and welcome to my podcast, Perspectives. Today, I will be interviewing an exceptional guest and getting some insight into his perspective of life and many other things. My goal for this podcast is to educate you guys about different views, not just about life, but about everything. I will be asking some deep questions at the start, but toward the end, I'll ask some fun and less boring questions. So without further ado, grab your popcorn and let's get into this. Before we start asking some questions, please welcome our guest, Max Springfield. So before we start again, Max, can you give us some background info on yourself, please? Uh, well, uh, my name is Max Springfield. I go to Chaparral High School, and uh, I play football, and I wrestle, and I have dyslexia. Nice, nice. So, basic question, what is your perspective on life? What do you think about it? Well, I know it's a very broad topic, but... That is very broad. Um, I mean, I guess we just... I guess the whole point or perspective on life is just to survive and with comfortability, you know, money. We get money so we can have more, you know, things that we like, more food, better food, or more comfortable things. We all just try to achieve, you know, greatness, but I guess the only reason we want greatness is to be seen as, you know, a better person or just get more money just so we can be more comfortable in life. So that kind of dives into my next question. Do you think life has an end goal or do you think it's all about the journey? I think it's about the journey because when you really think about it, you don't, you don't know when you're going to die. And it could be abrupt or it could take a long time and you're not going to have time to reflect back on it because your death could be really immediate or it could take a long time. But even if it takes a long time, once you're dead, you don't have time to write a summary on it. Like if you read a book, you can't just write the summary on it. You don't know because we don't know what happens after death. And so I think that's a big part about life is that we're so scared of death that we um, we don't consider how much life we have that we could, you know, put effort or, like, do stuff in. You said you had dyslexia, correct? I do, yes. Does that majorly affect your way of life or your perspective about it? Mm, not at all, no. I mean, I'm. it probably does um, change my perspective on it, but as just because it makes me more creative or just my brain th- works differently... But overall, it really doesn't change my everyday life compared to everyone else's. I mean, at the end of the day, whether I have dyslexia or not, I'm still just a human, and we're all different, but, so. All right. That's very, very deep right there, Max. I really appreciate you giving your perspective on that. What has been your best event in your life so far, and and does that have a big impact on, again, your perspective on it? Mm, That's hard. Honestly... Right now, my biggest achievement, I'd say, or event was uh, I won a wrestling tournament that was pretty big. 
and I don't know, it's just a big deal because when you work hard for things and you finally achieve it, it feels like it was worth it and it's just, it's a good feeling to work so hard for something and to achieve it. And I feel like that's another big part of life is just achieving your goals and that's why you keep moving in life is to achieve greatness or something better for you. But also don't forget about the journey to, to your goals, correct? Yes. It took because it took a lot to get to win that tournament. But if I were to just entered into the tournament, I would have lost. But because I put in all the time and effort into it, then I won. Good for you. So, since you do wrestling and you're a student, so a student athlete, which one? Or I shouldn't say which one. Do they go hand in hand, academics and athletics? They do because. Um, Athletics teaches you to put in the work and to just put your head down and if, whether you're you know, reading a book or you've got to write an essay or whether you're working out to get stronger, you're, you're persevering and you're just trying to push yourself to be better. And that's why I think sports can help you in, in your education or in just life because it teaches you a life skill of needing to work harder. Because if you do the bare minimum, you're, just, you're not going to get to be where you want to be. But education also helps you with athletics because if you're not learning, then how are you supposed to know the plays if it's football or know the moves if it's wrestling? Or no matter what sport it is, you need a mental aspect to it and you need to be smart, quick on your feet and you just need to have, you need to use your brain. You can't just use, you know, athletic ability to win. That's, that's very, how do I say that? That's very straight to the point and I, I'm pretty sure everyone should get that. Work hard and you will achieve your goals. I like that. So do you have like any pre-game or pre-event things that help you before competing? I slapped myself like four times in the face. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, um, I just, I like to picture or to think about what I'm going to do and me doing it at the very best because if you can't picture yourself doing it how are you supposed to to do it and so I usually listen to music to just clear my head and I just I calm down and I just think about what I'm trying to do if it's football I'm trying to catch the ball I'm trying to score I'm trying to block my defender if it's wrestling I've got to use my moves to pin him and you just got to think about how you're going to win and you got to picture yourself doing it and that really helps me just end up doing it when it comes to the game situation. Nice. Have you ever lost in anything, like a game or a match? I, I wish I could say I've never lost, but, you know, that's kind of impossible to say. But, uh, yeah, I've um, had my fair share of, you know, losing, whether it was losing really bad or by one point. Um, it all... Losing is a, a big part of life and sports and everything you do because without mistakes, you, you never learn. If everyone was perfect, then we would never learn and there would really be no point of school, really. But I've lost a pretty big wrestling tournament before and some wrestling matches where I just got absolutely demolished by a kid that was just better than me. And... As much as I want to use an excuse that this or this happened, at the end of the day, he was just better than me, which meant he just put more work into it. 
And if if it wasn't for those losing experiences, I never would have won the tournament because I realized that I'm not as good as I think I am and that I need to continue to work hard to, you know, grow and become better at whatever I'm doing, whether it's sports or whether it's in life. And if you lose by a great amount of points, then it tells you that you really need to get better or maybe your your head's not in the right place. But when you lose by a close amount, it, it really shows you that you were close. You were there. You're better than losing from 40 points to 10 points, you know? It's still progress. Now, you're not winning yet, but progress is progress, and you've got to see it, you know, where it is. So, so when you lose a game or a match, do you beat yourself up about it? Does it change your perspective on the sport? Do you just work harder? What, what do you do? Well, I'm not proud of this because that's not you should never do this, but I, I do beat myself up a lot, and um, it's okay to be disappointed in yourself, but sometimes me, for example, me, I take it too far. I'm just, I get mad, and I'm disappointed, and I'm frustrated, and um, I, I'll spend about, you know, five, ten minutes after, or sometimes day, or a couple days just pouting, and not telling that I'm not giving excuses, but more of just disappointed and just frustrated and just I knew I could do better but after you know those five minutes goes by or however long it is goes by I realized that me pouting is not going to do anything now I still do it every time just because I'm frustrated but after that I realized that well now it's time to put in the work I've pouted about it that's not helping anymore and there's nothing else I can do so I might as well just put in the work to get better so that I don't lose again. So you don't slap your face before sport events, but you probably slap your face after? <laughs> yes, um, I don't inflict physical pain to myself. But it's, it's very <laughs> mental, it's very... Um... Uh, we love that. So your worst moment in your life, whether it be sports or academically or just n neither, does that impact your perspective on life? Does it have like... Does it compare with your best moment? Does it like the yin and yang thing? It kind of just goes together? Yeah, but I feel like I can't name... Now, I've made tons of mistakes, but I feel like there's not one mistake that I can specifically name right now that that one action has just been worse than everything else I've done. I've done bad things, but I'm not... And I'm not proud of them, but I'm not going to say that they were on the level of disappointment compared to me winning a wrestling match. And even if it was, I feel like we need to put those behind us because we got to learn from them. But to continue to pout about it and be like, well, I lost or I did this stupid mistake, it's not helping. You need to learn from it and realize, well, let's not do that again. Or he beat me because he did this better than I did it. And you just need to learn and see what you need to do better and then you just need to work on that thing you need to get better and forget about the loss because the loss isn't helping you anymore. You got what you needed and it's what you need to get better at. The loss is only just, you know, self-pity now, so you don't really need that. As a win is, you know, that's what you're trying to achieve and you don't you don't often learn as much as then when you lose. But if you dwell on that loss or, you know, that just failure, you're going to it's not going to help you because you're not moving forward. So you're talking a lot about failure. So how do you get better? What is your motivation? What is your motivation? Not 
humans, not mine, not the teachers or anyone else. What is your motivation to get better or to it's, reach it's, your goal? It's my failure. Um, I want to get better because I want to achieve what I couldn't achieve before. Whether it's more money or whether it's beating this guy in a wrestling tournament or winning a game or getting an A on this in this class instead of a B like last semester. That kind of stuff is, that's why I want to get better. I want to get, I always achieve, want to be better. I don't necessarily always want to be the best at something. I just want to be better than I used to be because that's progress. And so just overall, just kind of just lost my train of thought. But what was the question? I was just saying, what is your motivation and how do you, you said failure motivates you. In what way does failure motivate you? Well, I, to I get see, better, but also what? Anything else? Yeah, I see what I've what I've failed at, and because when you fail or you lose, you didn't lose because you lost. You lost because you made a mistake or you did something wrong. And sometimes they're just better than you. But in all those cases, you need to become better. And the way you become better is you practice and you learn from what you did wrong or what they were better at. If they're better at, well, if they're stronger than you, then instead of saying, well, I failed, you gotta learn that I failed because he was stronger than me. And I can fix that. I can become stronger by working out. And so you just need to see what you failed at and that motivates me just, it just, I'm frustrated with my disappointment in myself that that pushes me to be better. So do you believe in the quote, Practice makes perfect. Yes, because to you, you can't just do one thing and then you're just amazing at it. Because even NFL players, right? They're the best at what they do, right? Mm -hmm. But they didn't get there because they're pure skill, right? All those players that you see in high school, right? All your friends that you see that are just, they never work for anything and they're just brilliant and they just you know they can do all their homework or they're super athletic but they don't work hard for it they're great right now and they're the best at what they do but when they face other people that work harder than them that's when they're going to have issues and when you practice you're repeating things that you've done wrong or you want to get better at something and i don't care what it is sports um you know school or i don't know if you're cooking whatever it is Practicing that skill will make it better, whether it's mu muscle memory or just your brain, you're just getting smarter overall. So it sounds like you have a very growth mindset. Yes. And I, that's what I love about you right now, is I'm hearing positive things come out of your mouth as opposed to people. Some people don't believe that practice makes perfect. People with a fixed mindset think, oh, I have this, I'm stuck with this. What do you say to people that have a fixed mindset about, you know, not getting up and well working hard. I think, and, and now this may sound not the friendliest or a little mean, I just think that they're, they, they've just given up. They, they don't have any drive to do it. And now they may just not have as much of the drive that I have, but they need to find what makes them drive. What makes me drive is my, my failure. I hate being bad at something. I don't care what it is. But you need to find something that that just makes you mad because you're not good at it. You just need to, and then you need to use that and just put that as your driving force to get better at something. 
So using your anger and your failure as fuel to get to the end or the goal. Yes, and those people that say that they're just, oh, it's this, it's this fall, it's blah, blah, blah. Well, they just don't have a driving fuel or they just honestly don't care. Maybe they just, they think that they can just go through life and what they can't control is, you know, just because you have dyslexia or ADHD or whatever it is, doesn't mean you can be great at something. It just means you might have to work harder than other people. And sometimes that's the case. I mean, life isn't fair, so. Mm. Well, that was a very great part. That was our first part, the very serious part I was talking about in the intro. Now I'm going to kind of switch it towards some more relaxing, uplifting, non, how do I say this? More fun questions. So you're an athlete. Does water bottle, does your water bottle play like a Jesus role and like you need to pray to every morning so you can get water or like, how, what is your thought about a water bottle? A water bottle, I've, huh. It's a water bottle for me. It's, it is, it's a water bottle. It's a water bottle. I mean, I love water. Like it's, I know this sounds weird, but it's my favorite drink. And I mean, I, I play sports all the time. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm always moving. And, you know, you can't really be dehydrated. Yeah. And I'm not much of a, you know, fizzy water drinker, Diet Coke or whatever yeah. it is. I like water. And so my water bottle is like my best friend. You will <laughs> always see me with a friend. water bottle or near a drinking fountain. Or even when I go to school, I bring a giant jug of water just because I love water. You know, I'm that kid that goes to the bathroom in every single class just because <laughs> I drink a full bottle of water, water every day. So what is the funniest thing you've ever heard? And honestly, it doesn't matter if you make it appropriate or not. I would prefer if you made it appropriate. But what is the funniest thing you've ever heard? Um, I don't know, but... um. That's hard. There's a there's a lot of, you know, funny things that you hear. But off the top of my head, the one thing I can't think of is uh, my freshman coach used to say, Z in the knees. Our whole football team made it a joke. But um, he was saying that when you, you know, get down in a squat position, there's a Z in your, in your knees. And he constantly said that, and I just thought that that was hilarious because it was true. I've never heard anyone say Z in the knees, but when you think about it, if you have a good squat form, there is Z it's, it's in Z. your knee. And I just think that's hilarious. Do you think you're like, do you think certain coaches help you develop and some help you develop other traits? Do you think coaches, what role do you think a coach plays? I think coaches are. Coach, does that include teachers? Uh, yes, I would include teachers as a coach. Overall, teachers and coaches are the most important thing you can ever you know, learn from. A textbook can only teach you so much, but when a coach tells you and watches you and sees you do something wrong, not only do they tell you how to fix it, but more specifically, they tell you what you're doing wrong. You know, if, if I'm writing an essay, right, I could have an electronic, I mean, I don't know if this exists, but I could have some robot read my letter and be like, well, this isn't as good as this one, so therefore you've got a bad grade on it. 
but a teacher can go up to you and tell you and be like, well, you messed up because you had too many the same word or you had too many periods or just, it, you know, they tell you what's wrong. And same with coaches. If, if I'm not low enough to tackle, my coach will tell me that. And he'll tell me, well, the way that you can do that is by, by lowering your head and looking up. And coaches and teachers teach you that. And it's, it's a more personal level. And they, they know what you're going through. And learning from your peers or your teachers is, is a very good skill that you can learn. And I believe that there isn't such thing as a, a bad coach. Because there are coaches that aren't as good and teachers that aren't as good. And in your opinion, they are bad. But they're still teaching you. It's just a different way. Some are more aggressive. And people say, well, I don't like him because he's more aggressive. He's a bad coach. No, he's not a bad coach. He's just teaching differently. And that doesn't appeal to you. And everyone likes to be taught different, right? I like to be taught people yelling at me. And I want them to, you know, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I just like, I listen better when they yell at me. But when they're soft and... They're nice to me. It just feels like they don't care as much. Yeah. And that's just me as a, hu a person. And it's just all about your perspective or how, what kind of teaching you like to be. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do in this podcast is get other people's perspective on things. So I'm glad you said that about how you like a certain coach or teacher telling you straight on, you know, kind of aggressively as, as opposed to soft and gentle. So keeping on the topic of teachers and coaches, have you ever just had a teacher or a coach that's impacted you so much that it changes your perspective on something? I've had a lot of those. Um, a couple of big ones are um, my last year, um, last year freshman coach, Coach Ruby, and actually my dad. Um, so Coach Ruby, my freshman um, football head coach, he, um, he taught me, and he was very aggressive, and he, if you made a mistake, you were going to, well, pay for it, but, it, you know, you're going to run, you're gonna, or you're not going to yeah. play because you made a mistake. And I'm not saying it, it was one mistake, but the way he taught is that if you made the same mistake twice, you, you're done. Like, you will take a break, and you will come back later. And I just, I think that's just, that was great for me, because I needed that. I needed to that really made it stick in my brain. Because when I was sitting on the sideline not playing, I had to think about what I was doing wrong. And I, that's all I did. I sat there and was like, this is what I did wrong. And you just, you think about it and you think about it. And that's, that's what he helped me learn is that if you focus on something hard enough, you can achieve it no matter who you are. But, yeah. Coach Ruby, man. Mm -hmm. Do you like Rubio's? Did you like Rubio's a lot? Because I like Rubio's a lot. Uh, I don't know about you. Well, interesting thing about him is he um he's a, he was a he's a retired lawyer. Oh really? But he is dyslexic, and has oh. ADHD. So can you kind of relate to him about that? Yes, because he would tell us. Because there was kids on our teams who would who wouldn't pay attention as much, right? Mm -hmm. And they would, they would yell at him, or coach would yell at him saying, "You need to pay attention." He's like, "Well, I have ADHD." Coach didn't care because he had he had ADHD. He knew the struggle. He went to lawyer. I mean, he, he was a lawyer. He went through all that college, and he had to read all those books. So he understood what he was going through, but he knows that you can't just use that as an excuse because as, although it's challenging for you, it just means you have to work harder. It doesn't mean that you don't get, you know, it's, a, it's not a, 
a bypass or it's not a it's not you know you have to work through it or yeah, around it it's not a it. jail you know a get out of jail free jail. card yeah exactly alright so I love that I love that you said something about your coach being one of your bigger role models but overall do you just have a role model like a parent a cousin a, you, know, you have a brother do any of your family members give you a perspective and does that change your perspective on something my dad and my mom because my mom and dad are very different people my mom is a teacher who is very focused and she gets things done and she's motivated and she doesn't she doesn't complain she just puts her head down and does it and i respect her for that because i think that is one of the best traits you can ever have but then on my dad on the other hand he's a very uplifting guy and he tries to find the uh, that you know the positive side to things and he thinks just because he doesn't believe in excuses i mean if you're doing something wrong and then fix it i mean you can't just say that it's wrong and that you can't fix it because i know you can and so just my parents are very very high role models for, for me so that's great i'm glad they are because you're turning out to be a wonderful I don't know, bigger kid, young man, what do you like to be called, scrub? I, I, I don't know what you like to be called. But I found a quote because you were talking about obstacles and how you got to get around them. There's this quote by Michael Jordan, the basketball player. Obstacles don't have to stop you. If you run into a wall, don't turn around and give up. Figure out how to climb it, go through it, or work around it. And I know that, you know, that quote kind of represents you because you want to try to find a way around it or over it or through it even. Mm -hmm. Does and it sounds like your parents want to do that too. So is that like a family quote you would say that you guys probably? Yeah, I mean, we we definitely don't give up easily as a family. I mean, we're we're competitive. We're not the most competitive family, but if there's if we need to get around or through something or over something, we will find a way, and we don't care how it's done. We will just do it, and we will sit down. And we will talk about it and we will figure out a way. We won't go, oh, let's take a five-minute break or I don't care, you know, we're not going to get over it. No, we will sit down for an hour or hours and we will figure out how to get over that wall as a family or just on a personal level. So That's nice. That's nice. So continuing about your family, do you guys take trips anywhere? Do, do you guys hang out with each other a lot? I know that. Like you said, your mom's a teacher, and that's a pretty big job, especially now with COVID-19, and mm -hmm. you play sports, and your dad does whatever your dad does, and you have a brother, and I don't know what he does. Do you, but do you guys have time with each other? Yeah, I mean, recent months, I know this sounds crazy, but we actually have spent less time together. At the beginning of COVID, we spent a lot of time together. I mean, we played games and we went like every other weekend, we went on camping trips. And uh, we would just go up to either Colorado or just Flagstaff even and just fish and camp and just hang out with each other. But you know, recently, you know, my, my brother's um, getting ready for college and he's got, you know, a full-time job. I've got a job, my dad's working from home, my mom's a teacher. So we we're all tired by the end of the day. And so we don't, have as much family conversations we all talk to each other but we just never all four of us are just you know talking to each other anymore but uh you know 
last year, the year before, I mean, any year up to like the last three months, we've been very close and we, we're always talking, we're always having family dinner at least once a week. And every um, summer we'd go up for one or two weeks to our cousin's house or our grandparents' house up in Colorado. And we fish and we just hang out. We, we don't have screens, we put them away and we just have family time with each other and our grandparents and it's, it's really nice. That's nice. So you mentioned that at the start of COVID-19, you guys started to hang out a lot. Mm-hmm. And then toward the end, as everyone's getting back into a routine and things are opening up again, you guys have kind of drifted away a little bit, I would say. Well, so with, with COVID, because as most people know, when you, when you graduate high school and you're going on to college, you're, you're becoming more of a, an independent, independent, right? yes. And you, even if you still live at your parents' house or whether you're, you know, you're at a dorm or no matter what it is, you tend to you know, space away from your family and you go hang out with your friends and you have more freedom, you've got a job and you've got, you've kind of got to fend for yourself a little bit. And so that, um, that took, you know, that kind of put my brother, he's kind of separating from us, which is expected. That's what happens when you go to college, but it's just, it seems more abrupt because at the start of COVID we were all together and my brother hadn't left for, you know, had, he didn't even worry about college yet. So we were all just together and we were just at home and he didn't have a job yet, I didn't either. And so we were just hanging out and we had nothing to do. We couldn't go anywhere, so we played games with each other. But once this COVID started to die down, I got a job, my brother got a job, and my parents' jobs started to pick up more. And so that, not to mention my brother's now going off to college, he, he's kind of separating. So we're all kind of just going about our separate ways in a way. Has that, like, when you were together with your family, did that change your perspective on COVID? Because COVID's a pretty scary thing, let's be honest here. It's a, it's a disease, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we gotta be careful. But did hanging out with your family, like, make those thoughts kind of, like, disappear? Because I know when I hung out with my family during this time, it just seemed COVID was gone, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, well, I never, I never was really worried about COVID. The only reason, I mean, it's not like I was going to go outside in the middle of COVID without a mask on and, you know, just go touching people. But it's like, I wasn't too worried about it. I mean, my dad has, um, he has a little bit of a lung condition, so we were a little worried about him getting it. But um, we're all pretty healthy family, and so we kind of tried to just, um, just not think about it, and we just didn't worry about it. We just were a family, and we, you know, we would just sit down or we'd have dinner like what do you want let's get pizza or let's cook chicken all right we're having dinner we were just we didn't care we were just like let's watch a movie tonight or you know what i want to play cards or i just want a night by myself so very in the moment it was very in the moment and chill and we just acted like nothing was wrong now we knew stuff was going on in the world but we controlled what you could do yeah we we know we couldn't control what other people did or what happens outside of our house but in our house we controlled what we said, what we thought, and what we did. And so we made it a healthy environment by saying, you know what, we're not gonna worry about it. We're gonna stay here and we're gonna live like it's a normal, you know, it's a normal year. We're just gonna eat dinner when we can with each other and we're just gonna go do whatever we want as long as it's in our house. But we just didn't think about it. So it it sounds like it kind of bypassed the time a little bit, you would say? Yeah, it did because we weren't, we weren't planning things out. We're like, oh, let's let's 
play this game tonight or let's watch this movie tonight or let's have family dinner tonight. No, it's like, you know what? I'm going to go chill in my room tonight. Is that okay? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Nobody cares, right? You want to come play Monopoly? No, I'd rather watch this movie. Okay, let's watch this movie. And we just, we just took a deep breath and we stepped back and we just kind of just treated life like it was life, you know? Yeah. As you should. I mean, mm -hmm. if it helps you, then that's the only thing that matters, honestly. Uh, what was I going to ask you? It was one last question. So you have a job, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know where you know where you work or anything. I work at Subway. Subway. Thirty Second Street and Shea. Hit me up, and <laughs> hey, I will get you a sandwich. All right. So you work at Subway. I do. Does having a job kind of change your like? As a little kid, did you always think that you wanted a job, like a big, like a well job? I mean. As a kid, I always wanted a job because I always wanted money, you know, yeah. as every other kid. And I was motivated to get money. But uh, to be honest, um, I never saw myself working at Subway. I mean, I did see my – that's not – actually, that's not true. I saw myself working at a um, – at some form of, you know, restaurant company or some form of fast food place just for my first couple of years because when you're 16 from when you're 18, that's a big gap of just – well, you can have a job, but it's very limited on what you yeah, can do. Yeah, what you can do. And so I, I took advantage of that and just got a job. I wasn't really worried about how much money I was getting. I was just making sure that I was getting paid and that I was working hard. And I'm, you know, in my later years, I'm definitely going to be like, well, I don't want to work at Subway anymore because I want more money and I'm motivated to get a better job. And to work harder, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, my first job, actually, was not Subway. Uh, last year, I was a plumber, um, illegally. We didn't realize that till after, that I had to be, like, 18 to work at, to be a plumber. You were a legal plumber. I was. We didn't realize <laughs> that. But, you know, I got paid a good amount of money. It was above minimum wage, barely, but it was above. Um, I would wake up at 5 o'clock, my neighbor would pick me up, or no, actually we woke up at like 4.30, he'd pick me up, we'd go over to his construction site, and I would be his assistant, and I would just, I was literally a plumber. We'd be done by 1 o'clock, and that job really gave me perspective, because working with all those workers, they were not the most educated people, or the, you know, the, the best people to work with, but mm -hmm. they worked hard, and because not a lot of people want construction jobs, they got paid a good amount of money. But it, it did show me that I don't want this for my life. I don't want to become a construction worker for all my life. I don't want to spend eight hours of my day in the heat, sun, or whatever, you know, banging on metal or whatever I was doing. Mm -hmm. I wanted a job where I could make money and I enjoyed making money, you know. I don't want a job where I hate it but I get tons of money from it. I want, I want happiness you in want my life. want to enjoy it. And so that job taught me that this is not what I want to do. So, you know, I toughed through it and did it through the summer, but then I was like, I politely said I'm done and I would no longer like to work. And they were fine with that because then they realized that I wasn't legally allowed to work. <laughs> and so then this year when I got, you know, the subway, it was like a walk in the park because it was indoors and it wasn't an eight hour shift and I wasn't waking up at five in the morning. And so it was much better. So I always think that that's important. So, final question. Do you enjoy making subs at Subway? <laughs> no, actually. I, I'm, I'm 
I am not annoyed that I work at Subway. Honestly, I'm happy that I work at Subway because it's honestly a pretty easy job. I like being in the back doing dishes and prepping and like making all this, you know, the bread and all that kind of stuff. I like doing that. I don't hate making sandwiches for people, but it's just not my favorite part of the job just because it's a sandwich. It's you know? a sandwich. So you so you like the more I don't I don't want to say laborious, but more work. I do because I'm I lo- I'm a people person, right? I like yeah. talking to people. But when if I have the chance, I I do like to, you know, have my peace and quiet and I'm that type of person that is just going to put my head down and I'm motivated and I'll just do it. I'll get it done. Mm-hmm. But with the sandwich, I can't do that cuz I have to I need their help. But I can go in the back and wash dishes or make stuff and I don't need other people's opinions or help. I can just do it. So, I think that's So, what I've learned from this podcast as we're ending that Max Springfield you love the work. You love to get better. And you like to be in the moment. You don't like to think about things. You know what I mean by in the moment? Yeah, well, I, I don't like to think about the, the past or the future. So, you, you like the in the, so you're an in-the-moment person, which I love. Yeah. That's great. Well, honestly, that's all I kind of have for you today. Do you want to say anything else before we end the podcast? Do you think... The three words that I said, workhorse, trying to get better, and what was the last one? In the moment, do you think those words describe you as a person? Yes, they do. I think that that's a great description. Me too. Well, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Anything else? No, that's it. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Another big thanks to our guest. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hearing about our guest's perspective on certain things. Finally, did this podcast make you more educated on perspectives? If so, how? With that being said, I hope you all have an amazing day and hope to see you again soon. Goodbye. This podcast is sponsored by Cheese Balls. Need a quick snack? Well, Cheese Balls got you covered with a quick and easy way to chow down. Cheese Balls are packed with cheese, cheese, and more cheese. Who would have thought? Cheese Balls are perfect before anything, sports, studying, and much more. Thank you, Cheese Balls, for sponsoring this podcast.